Hello, hello. You are now listening to Burgundy Love with Darling Jimenez. This podcast is about personal growth, professional development, and designing a life that you love. If you are interested in these things, stay tuned. We have some great content for you. Welcome back. This is Burgundy Love. And as I mentioned to you guys before, um, I'm going to do a two-part series, and this is actually uh, part two. So if you've already listened to our previous episode, which was um, providing some tools um, to reduce anxiety and address negative thoughts and things like that, um, this is actually going to be a continuation of that. If you have not listened to that episode, I definitely strongly suggest that you go back uh, one episode and listen to that one. Um, again, it's uh, five tips for taking control of your thoughts, and it is episode 20, and this is going to be uh, part two to that. Um, and to pick up right where we left off, we had last um, chatted about making sure that you're introducing some new thoughts that allow you to think positively um, and allow you to replace the negative self-talk that we sometimes do. Um, and I had suggested utilizing books as a way to introduce new and more positive thoughts. One thing that I forgot to mention, I definitely want to include, is that books not only introduce new thoughts, but they also give you language to address trauma of your past. And one great experience that I had uh, with this is uh, I was recent, re recently reading um, Elizabeth Acevedo, um, and I read all of her books one after the other. So I started off with uh, Clap When You Land, then with The Fire on High, Um, and then I read uh, her Poet X book. And what was interesting about that experience for me is that there were a lot of things that I experienced growing up that I didn't necessarily have the words for or that I felt were my own and only experience. Um, and then through reading her books and her works, I found out that there's a lot of people out there like me that this is part of the Dominican experience and that I was not alone in some of the things that I face and experience, and then why I might have felt a certain way about the things that I kind of experienced as well, because she kind of goes into um, the different characters and how they felt and why they felt that way. And so it, in a way, gave me language to be able to communicate about my trauma, which is extremely empowering, and it also validated my experience. So that's also another thing that books can do for you as you're kind of processing and addressing trauma and issues of your past, um, which is give you language and then help you through another character process some of your own story. So I definitely recommend that as a strategy. Um, continuing on, the next tip that we have for you today is not to practice worry. And this is actually one of the ones that I am the most guilty of, right? Um, oftentimes, I spend a lot of time worrying about the things that might happen, as opposed to just focusing on the present and doing the best to address um, whatever is making me feel anxious in that moment. Um, I often worry about the future. And I think oftentimes, this is very common for people who are planners, uh, which is certainly me. I don't like to just kind of focus on the present alone. I drive... Um, myself to think about what the future looks like, what the future holds, how to set myself up for a better future. And because I spend a lot of my time living in the future, um, there's a lot of uncertainty because none of us know what's going to happen. And I end up 
worrying about the future. So not only trying to plan for the future, but then worrying about it and thinking about all of the things that can go wrong. Um, and so this strategy really resonated with me. You have to not practice worry, meaning if things are not going to work out, you don't know that yet. And so if you end up worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, you worry twice. You worry in the moment when nothing um, has happened, like in the past, and then you worry in the future um, when the situation comes up where something isn't working out, then you're worrying about the fact that the situation situation isn't working out. And so it's almost like you don't have a chance to breathe and not worry. And so this is why this is such an important practice, not to worry. So if you find yourself getting anxious about something or uh, being fearful about what might happen, uh, it's important to have a mantra or something that you can hang on to or tell yourself to get yourself out of that worry situation. Um, and this one is actually very close to home because just last night um, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and um, I took a moment to kind of figure out what the source of the anxiety was. And by observing my thoughts, I quickly realized that I was anxious about the future because I couldn't control it. That's what I was thinking about that was producing my anxiety or triggering the anxiety emotion. It was thinking about what was going to happen in the future and the fact that I didn't know how it was going to go, whether I was going to have what I needed in time or whatever the case may be. Um, I was basically getting amped up and anxious because I was thinking ahead um, and didn't feel like I knew what was going to happen. Um, and so just reminding myself that, hey, like none of us know what's going to happen. You just have to take it in stride one day at a time. Take a deep breath and bring yourself back to the present moment. Um, that is a useful practice. And I think, too, like the other way that I supplement this practice, because for me, it's not enough to just not worry. Right. Um, the future is very important to me. And so I do worry. And so the only thing that I can do since I don't want to live in a perpetual state of worry is write down the things that are making me anxious in that moment or the things that I um, feel unprepared for and then create a plan for what I can control that I can do to make that situation better. And so what I did last night uh, when I was feeling this sense of anxiety is I went ahead and wrote in my planner, okay, these are a couple of the things that I'm worried about. Let me get them down on paper. And then let me go ahead and list out two to three things that I can do to prepare for a positive outcome. So, or to make it a positive outcome. So for example, one of the things that um, I'm worried about is that I'm not going to have enough time on Friday to, to do everything that I'm supposed to do that day. Then um, by writing it down, I might go ahead and start to prepare for a call ahead of time so I don't have to do it on Friday. I might go ahead and cancel um, one of the plans that I had for Friday so that I'm not overextended for that day. Um, and then just utilizing my mantra of it's going to be okay one day at a time and focusing on breathing is something that really helps me kind of get through that. And I think also um, practicing gratitude and reminding myself, going back to the, the first episode, right? Reminding myself of the things that I'm grateful for and um, just taking the time to appreciate what I do have. And so these are things that can really help you control that sense of worry um, and are tools that when you use them in your arsenal can significantly change the landscape of your life and your anxiety. Um, that leads us into our next tip, which is stop with the what ifs and the shoulds. And again, I'm super guilty of this, right? What if this happens? That's kind of the source of the worry is 
what if the worst case scenario happens? Uh, what if that happens? What if I did this? What if this person does that? Um, also, along with that is the I should do X, Y, and Z, or it should be this way, right? So the should and the what ifs are often um, the source of that anxiety that you feel because something isn't meeting your expectations um, when it should or something that might happen is what's triggering you, like what if. And so you have to start to be really aware of the places in which you're inserting should and the places where you're inserting what ifs um, and make sure that the places where you're inserting the what ifs have positive scenarios attached to it. So instead of thinking to yourself, um, which is definitely going to induce anxiety, what if I lose my job tomorrow? Um, why not think, what if I keep my job? And what if I get a promotion? What if I am able to get a new job? What if the new job is better? And so keeping the what ifs positive makes you hopeful and introduces this idea of things are going to be okay and there are things to look forward to as opposed to there are bad things coming. The other shoe's going to drop at any minute now. Um, so anytime you use what if, make sure there's a positive um, outcome attached to the what if. Um, next thing that I wanted to share with you guys is to increase your emotional regulation skills. Um, and what is meant by this is now that you've kind of spent some time through the first series of tips, working on understanding your feelings and your thoughts and how those are related, um, you also have to start to increase your emotion regulation. I think sometimes we like to think that we have absolutely no control of our emotions, um, and that is not all the way accurate. I think that we do have control of our emotions through what we choose to think. And so if we think positive thoughts and the emotions that get produced are positive emotions, if we think negative thoughts, then the emotions that get produced are negative emotions. Um, and of course, this is perhaps the most difficult skill to master because it does mean um, being able to observe yourself and tell yourself that you need to do a state change, meaning you have to change the state that you're in um, and flip a switch to kind of move into a more positive state. This doesn't mean that you're able to completely turn off emotion. It does not mean that. But it does mean that you're able to have your emotions simmer down. So for example, if you're really, really angry and your um, kind of emotions are driving that anger and making a snowball effect where you're getting anger and anger by the second, it means giving yourself um, some sort of tool, a mantra, a book, a activity that is going to help you regulate that emotion so that it is decreasing and you can actually more effectively maneuver the situation without emotion being at the forefront, right? So again, this requires premeditation and being intentional um, about preparing yourself for those scenarios. So instead of kind of waiting to be really angry about a situation to come up with a plan for how to react to it, which is very unreliable, is telling yourself, if I get really angry, this is something that I can utilize to calm me down and having that prepared so that when the emotion arises, you go to your default activity or default action that's going to help you regulate that emotion, um, which is really important. And with that being said, like I want to make sure that you also know that you're not um, having to push away the emotion. You can notice the emotion without pushing it away or making it larger. And I'm going to repeat that because I think that's a really important point. 
notice the emotion without pushing it away or making it larger, right? So it's okay to say and notice about yourself, hey, I'm really angry. Um, and I'm allowed to be angry. It's okay for me to be angry. I'm validated in my ability to be angry. Um, you don't have to tell yourself, why are you angry? You shouldn't be angry. That's only going to anger you further, right? So notice your emotion, know and accept, okay, I am angry. Um, I accept that I am angry, but I don't need to blow this out of proportion. I don't need to make it make myself even more angry or increase the amount of emotion that I'm feeling um, with thoughts that are further supporting the negative emotion. So for example, let's say that you had plans with a friend and the friend all of a sudden calls you up and is like, hey, like um, I absolutely forgot that we had plans to meet up. So I'm actually not going to be able to meet up now. Um, you might say like, okay, like that's cool. I'll talk to you later and hang up the phone. But then you're really angry, right? You're upset because you feel like your time was, um, kind of wasted because maybe you've made arrangements around this meeting with a friend, um, or perhaps because you were really looking forward to a conversation with this person. And now you realize you're not going to be able to have that. So again, it's okay for you to be angry or justified in feeling the way that you do. However, what you don't want to do is start thinking to yourself, oh, they always do this. Oh, I um, had a conversation with them last week and I really told them I needed this meeting and they're being completely inconsiderate and they definitely don't care about me. Um, and I can't believe they would be so rude as to do that. And what kind of friend are you? And all of that. Like, So going down that line of thinking of just kind of having your emotion and then amplifying it through your thoughts um, usually doesn't end up well. Like you might end up calling up the friend back and cursing them out or something crazy like that. So it's very important to notice the emotion without pushing it away or making it larger. And then once the emotion has passed and you are in a better state of mind, then perhaps you can sit down and think about what is the source of that annoyance? What is the source of that pain? What really is the thing that triggered you? What is the thought that triggered you um, into feeling so angry? Because again, like we did this exercise in our last um, podcast, but your thoughts um, really trigger your feelings, right? So if you're thinking, oh, um, this friend is really inconsiderate all the time. They really don't care about me. I feel like I'm putting more into the friendship than they are. Then yes, that's going to trigger an emotion of anger or disappointment or uh, disconnection, right? But if you're thinking, Hey, like, um, I understand they probably were really busy. I know I've been really busy myself lately. We can absolutely reschedule for a different time. Like it's going to be okay. Then you're going to be okay. You know, your, your emotional response is going to be like, oh, like we'll reschedule. Like I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, but it's going to be okay. It's not a big deal. So again, your thoughts are the ones that are actually trigger your emotion. Um, but you still have to notice that emotion without pushing it away or making it larger and then wait for a time when you're in a better state of mind to address the situation rather than trying to kind of lead with emotion. The next thing also related to emotions is that emotions are information, but not facts. So for example, if you're feeling um, disappointed, then that is information about the situation that you're experiencing. Um, but again, like your thoughts, it is not a fact. It doesn't mean that you are for a hundred percent like disappointed and that that is what was intended from the other person to make you feel that feeling, right? Um, they're just informing you about things that you might need to dig into. And so one um, other example that I can give you going back to the 
example of being feeling unlovable is that perhaps you're feeling unlovable and that is the emotion that you're feeling um but it's not that you're unlovable you're feeling that way for a reason perhaps because you feel like your time is not being prioritized um and so that is the information that you are to gather from that emotion that you're feeling like your time isn't being prioritized and then that opens the door for you to advocate for yourself um but it is not a fact that you are unlovable that is just something that you're feeling at that moment um and then emotions are things that you have, they do not, they are not you, right? So sometimes I think like people like to use an emotion and then categorize themselves as, as that. And then that ends up driving a lot of their behavior as opposed to realizing that you have this emotion in this particular point in time and that is not who you are, right? So don't say I'm an anxious person because automatically that means you're going to start to behave anxiously in order to make sure that you're kind of image of yourself matches who you are, right? Instead, you have anxiety. You're not an angry person. You have anger, right? And even though sometimes you may not have learned yet how to manage those emotions, it doesn't mean that you are that emotion, okay? And I think that is so, so, so big. Emotions are things that you have. They're not who you are. By the same token, like we can do bad things, but it doesn't mean that we are bad. So just because you have a piece of cake while you're on a diet or something like that, it does not mean that you are bad. It just means you behaved in a way that was outside of what your goals are, you know? And I think making that separation will help you to continue to have a positive self-image um, while dealing with some of the issues that you may have or some of the um, things that need improvement in your life. I really like to think about um, things as things that you can improve upon rather than ways in which you're not good enough to do something, right? Because the minute you start thinking that way, I feel like you start getting down about yourself and you start losing your confidence to be able to do things. Um, and I think that's also particularly applicable with things like um, fitness, right? So maybe the term I am fat is not such a good idea. Um, perhaps you can use something like I am making some all unhealthy choices that I need to um, adapt or change or that I need to address. I think that's a better way of thinking. And I'm talking to myself right now because that's definitely one of the things that I'm guilty of um, with regards to fitness. So just a reminder for me and everyone else out there that emotions are things that you have and don't label yourself. And by the same token, bad behaviors are bad things that you do, not that you are. And then um, to round out our final point here and our closing of this two-part series is be able to sit with some anxiety. So I think sometimes we think like, oh, if I learn to handle my anxiety, it will completely go away. Um, we live in a very input-filled wor world with a lot of expectations of others and ourselves. And also anytime you do anything that's outside of your comfort zone, it is natural for your body to warn you and let you know, hey, like, there's a little bit of reason to be extra aware, right? And so that's what anxiety is, is your body signaling to you that, hey, be careful, think about it, double think about it, um, don't just jump in, don't just sleep in. And that anxiety is actually a protector. So anxiety can be your friend in a moderate amount. I think 
it gets out of control um, when it goes unchecked and when you're um, overly obsessing about details in the future and things that you don't necessarily have control over. And so just a reminder that anxiety is meant to be a signal to help you stay safe. Um, and that as long as you learn to manage anxiety, you it's okay to live with a little bit of anxiety. You're not going to be 100% at ease 100% of the time. Um, and as a matter of fact, like, Anxiety can also be an indicator that you're living a life where you are constantly challenging yourself um, and constantly stepping out of your comfort zone. And so for achieving the great things that you want to do in your life, um, it is important to have that anxiety to support you and to give you a signal that, hey, you're doing awesome because you're stepping out of your comfort zone. Um, and so a little bit of anxiety is good, not a lot of it, if that makes sense. Um, and with that, we are going to conclude our podcast for today. I wanted to go ahead and, as per usual, end with a sister shout out. And this time, I want to shout out, drum roll, please, um, Elizabeth Soto. And she is from NCA2. Um, she's from Epsilon Phi Chapter. Um, I had the pleasure of working with the sister um, a few years back um, at the area level. And she's just such an awesome, creative, intelligent kind person and she has the most beautiful singing voice and so today i just wanted to shout you out says i hope you are well um and i hope that this 2020 hasn't been too hard on you um and thank you for everything that you do for our sisterhood so with that i'm gonna go ahead and conclude darling out